My goodness, we've got a huge show today. So the inflation numbers came out lower than expected. And as we predicted, the first part of the amazing week that we told you was going to happen. I told you yesterday, I sat here yesterday and I told you it's going to be amazing this week. Step one has already been uh, uh, fulfilled. Bitcoin is very, very, very close to 18,000. We've just had this uh, amazing green candle. Then we've got some other good news. We've got uh, SPF has been arrested. And not only has he been arrested, he's been charged with fraud. And I've got some inside scoop for you on the FTX case. And then we're monitoring the Binance bank run. There is a bank run happening on Binance and on BUSD. We're monitoring the extent of it. And we're going to show you um, whether it is anything to panic about. So it's going to be a big show. We were late because the news just keeps breaking and breaking and breaking. And we're going to bring it all to you right now live so make sure that you stay here and you stay here till the end get the fuck out of bed bitch go Okay, we don't have time. We don't have time. There's so much going on. We don't have time for, for this whole long intro. But I do want to show you the conditions under which I work because I think it's important that as you know, in, in our relationship that you guys see what I have to go through every single day uh, here at the office because you think this is a normal workplace, but it, it's actually not. It's actually not. And I want to show you what I have to go through, how, the stuff that I, that I have to go through. Now you're here. Now you're overheating from people. You know, Rand is gonna fall. You play. (laughs) You play table tennis. Yeah. And you're hot. Yeah. (laughs) So you're sitting at your desk, (laughs) naked. It's a private office, Rand. (laughs) (laughs) You said if I got his shorts today alone. Why do we have to do this? I mean, you tell me that this is normal. It's terrible. I mean, you tell me, how is that normal that a guy plays a game of table tennis, goes back to his desk, pulls down his pants to his ankles, and starts fanning himself? You know what? I, I got I got the meme police on him. I did. I got the meme police on him. Um, here, I want to show you what, what we, we've now made a, a second version of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Pornhub now available at work, available anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back, guys. Listen, it's a long show today, so let's not uh, have long intros. What I need you guys to do is to be part of the family. The most loyal family in the world. Get us to 600,000 subscribers before December, before the end of December, before Christmas. Um, smash the like if you are part of the family. Let's get this content out there. Today is going to be a big show. I did warn you earlier in the week and I said to you, in fact, I warned you yesterday and I said to you guys yesterday, we're going to have, yesterday was the last day of boring because today starts the beginning of a new chapter. And the new chapter, I said to you, inflation will come in low and we did. We got inflation way lower than expected. We expected, just so you can see, at the best case expectations, we expected 7.3%. We got 7.1%. 
Now you've got to read these numbers. Here we got 8.2%. That went to 7.5%, which means that the decrease was about 0.5%. Now the decrease is about 0.6%, which means that, that inflation is decreasing at an increasing rate. It, it is the best case scenario. We could not have imagined a better case scenario. It shows that what Powell is doing is actually working. And therefore, we can expect that interest rate hikes are going to be low. And tomorrow, we're getting the FOMC meeting. Uh, at the FOMC meeting, Powell is going to decide the future of interest rates. Now, it looks like 86.6% chance that we're getting a 0.5% interest rate hike tomorrow instead of what we could have got, which is a 0.75% interest rate increase tomorrow. That happened. The markets, as I told you, they would started to celebrate. The NASDAQ is up 4.1% today uh, on the back of this news. Look at the dollar index. I mean, okay, now we're clearly, clearly, clearly at a lower low on the dollar index, which shows that we've absolutely bro broken this trend and the economy and the markets may be on the mend. Even crypto, which has been hard hit by the SPF, FUD, and everything else that goes around it. Now the Binance FUD, which, which we're going to talk about, is now at 17, I mean, 17,900 on Bitcoin. Look at Solana. Solana is $13.98. And what you, if you've been watching the markets today, what you would have seen is, I'm going to take you to the hourly candle. What you would have seen is you would have seen that before the inflation pump, uh, you had, so let me just get to... Yeah, this is the hourly, right? Yeah, so there we go. So before the inflation pump, you had Bitcoin starting to pump and it went all the way up to 17,400. That is as a result of the Binance bank run. So companies, people were moving their money out of BUSD and out of BNB and moving it to somewhere safe. And they started moving it to Bitcoin and they started moving it to ETH. So that started to get the markets up to 17,400. And then we got the double part of a double whammy and that got the markets all the way up to 18,100. And that was the good inflation readings. So the charts we were watching, NASDAQ up 4.09%. Dixie, oh my God, Dixie down under 104, now 103,665. And 103,667, unbelievable. Bitcoin, now just under 18,000. I think it'll be back at 18,000 any minute now. Solana, I've got excellent, great, amazing news for Solana holders today. I'm going to show you some amazing, amazing news for Solana holders, which I don't think the market knows because if it did know, the market would go up. I'm also watching the Bitcoin dominance chart. The reason why I'm watching the Bitcoin dominance chart is you can see that people are moving money from BUSD and BNB into Bitcoin to get into the safe haven. And that's why you had this green candle over here on the Bitcoin dom dominance chart. So we're going to spend some time talking about that Bitcoin dominance chart. And damn, I wanted to tell you guys to buy BNB at 265. It's now back at 280. If we had only been live 15 minutes ago, an hour ago, we would have done that. So JP Morgan came out earlier or yesterday and they said, look, if we get an inflation of between 7 and 7.2, the market will go up between 4 and 5%. So we did get that scenario. We got 7.19 or 7.15, 7.15 or 7.19. And the NASDAQ is up. 3.93%. So they actually nailed it. JP Morgan actually nailed it. They said 4%. We got 3.93%. Uh, so that is the first part of the amazing news that we've got today. Second part of the news, amazing for us, not so amazing for Sam Bankman-Fried, I'll tell you that much. And that is that Sam Bankman-Fried 
was finally arrested and he was arrested in the Bahamas. But he wasn't arrested by the bah Bohemian authorities for stuff that they wanted to arrest him for. They actually arrested him on behalf of the U.S. justice system. So they said, on the 12th of December, the office of the Attorney General of the Bahamas is announcing the arrest by the Royal Bahamas Police of Sam Bankman-Fried, the former CEO of FTX. SBF's arrest followed receipt of formal notification from the United States that it has filed criminal charges against SBF and is likely to request his extra extradition. As a result of notification received and the materials provided herewith, it was deemed appropriate for the Attorney General to seek SBF's arrest and hold him in custody pursuant to our nation's extradition act. At such time, as a formal request for extradition is made, the Bahamans in intends to process it promptly pursuant to, to Bahamian law and uh, to its treaty obligations with, with the United States. Responding to SBF's arrest, Prime Minister Davis stated, the Bahamas and United States have, shared, have a shared interest in holding accountable all individuals associated with FTX who may have betrayed the public's trust and broken the law. While the US, United States is pursuing criminal charges against SBF individually, the Bahamas will continue its own regulatory and criminal investigations into the collapse of FTX with the continued cooperation of, of, uh, of its law enforcement and regulatory powers with the United States. So they arrested him for charges in the United States. Um, the way I see it, the timing is strange. Super, super, super strange. I mean, how do you arrest SPF? You don't arrest SPF for weeks and weeks and weeks after the, the collapse. You let him continue to talk to YouTubers, Twitter people, uh, spaces. You, you do all of this. And then one day before the testimony, you, one day, one day before the testimony, he's literally hours ahead, hours uh, ahead of his testimony in the United States and he gets arrested. And you can, I mean, to me, it's so obvious that someone just wants SPF not to testify. Someone high up is basically looking at this and, and going, we really, really, really can't have him testify. Now, I don't know if that person is Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Hillary. I don't, know who, I don't know who it is. I mean, I'm just saying that it, to me, it's very, 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 very strange. Let me know in the comments if you think that it's strange. I don't know if I'm upset about the fact that he's not testifying because I think if he did testify, he would have sat there and said, your honor, I don't know. Senator, I don't know. I don't have enough information. I don't have enough information at the time. And in fact, we managed to get transcripts of the, um, the actual testimony that he was going to make. And when I read this transcript of the testimony that he was going to make, I kind of realized, you know, it's actually better that he didn't testify because he should actually go and testify in court in front of a judge. And we should watch him testifying in front of a judge with a real smart prosecution lawyer who will basically take a cucumber and do what he needs to do with it. And he says, I'd like to start. I mean, this is what he would have testified. I would like to start by formally stating under oath. I fucked up. And um, he carries on saying, last year, my net worth was 20 billion today. I would be wrong to say that I have nothing. I have a loving family and food on my plate, and that's um, more than life has given billions of people. Hold on, this is making me very, very, very emotional. <laughs> but I like, 
But last I saw, I believe I had 100K in the bank account. Bullshit. We've heard this story before. You have a lot of crypto. Otherwise, your lawyer wouldn't have taken you on. I don't know for sure because I've been denied access to most of my personal passwords, data, documents, and accounts. And I mean, this goes on for a long time, but I've, you know, we've, we've summarized it for you. So you don't have to listen to all of this. He says, I have reached out to Mr. Ray. Remember, John Ray is the guy that's dealing with his liquidation. Um, sometimes I've been requesting access to my own data, but other times I've been attempting to alert them to potentially important information for their jobs and duties to creditors and customers of FTX. I've sent five emails to Mr. Ray, and Mr. Ray has never responded. Nor has he never reached out to me to communicate. It's making me so sad. I can't believe this is all happening. Um, he also says in the data, he says, over the past uh, year, as markets crashed, Alameda's assets fell substantially. In late 2021, I believe Alameda Research had a net asset value of over 50 billion mark to market. I believe that Alameda was likely leveraged long, perhaps about 1.1 times leverage, i.e. only 10% leverage. Um, that is, I had corresponding assets for roughly 90% of the positions, borrowing for the remaining positions, the 10% of the position. In early November, over a three-day period, the market value of the assets that Alameda Research held declined dramatically, I believe by more than 50%. After that crash, Alameda had, to my knowledge, roughly 11 billion in assets and roughly 11 billion of liabilities, mark to market. Mark to market means at the price of the market, which is bullshit because that's not exactly what he was doing. Um, now I've lost my place, including its position on FTX, how, including its Alameda's position in the exchange that they owned. I mean, if he had testified, he would have gone straight to jail. However, many of the assets were not very liquid and could not be quickly sold. I believe that roughly $3 bil billion of the assets were highly liquid, leaving a liquidity shortfall of around $8 billion. What does that tell you? Ladies and gentlemen, read between the lines here. He's saying that they liquidated as much as they could liquidate to defend the peg of FTT. And that's not the first time that they said that. So if you look at Cumberland's analysis here, FTX Alameda and a wide array of insolvent lenders could not have filed for Chapter 11 if they had not already sold the entirety of their liquid assets in a last-ditch uh, effort to extend the runway. So if you add the testimony and you add what they had to do legally, they would have had to dump all their liquid tokens. Now, part of the liquid tokens that we were worried about, part of the liquid tokens we were worried about was that where is their Solana position? We now know, possibly with a reasonable degree of certainty, that they sold all their Solana positions, the liquid ones. Now, that's not all the Solana positions because they've got a whole lot of other positions, which we'll talk about in a second. But that's one thing that you've got to take out of this testimony. So we've read it, so you don't have to read it. Let's carry on. Let's look at, at what else is written in this testimony. Alameda Research became insolvent when the economic environment changed. Alameda put on a margin position that was sustainable in the economic environment of late 2021 with roughly 10% leverage. I think he meant 10x. As tightening monetary policy, a war and supply chain problems hit throughout 2022, asset prices crashed. I believe Alameda's assets fell by roughly 90% over the course of the year. So even 10% leverage was too high. As best I can reconstruct looking back in late 2021, Alameda was not sufficiently hedged. I believe it had a total margin position um, of that was 8 billion in size and only about 2 billion hedges. By the fall, Alameda had uh, roughly an 8 billion margin position and 
would have incriminated himself if he would have said all of this. And so this carry on, he talks about the failures uh, of, of Alameda. This is what he was going to testify with. This is what he was going to testify with. And he says, um, uh, he says, yeah, together. Okay. So he, he was going to make this testimony, but then he got arrested and now he can't testify. And we'll probably hear his testimony next when he goes to court. We are still going to get testimony later from John Ray, which is the liquidator or the, the guy that has placed SPF or FTX in chapter 11. He's the guy that's now running the show. And he also has his testimony typed out. You can expect to hear that testimony later, but we'll give it to you before. Okay. So, so some of the unacceptable management practices of the FTX group identified so far include, listen to this, just, just listen to this. Listen to what was happening with your money if you were dumb enough to leave your money on FTX. Sorry, not dumb enough, because we all, we, we all had money on FTX at some point. The use of computer infrastructure that gave individuals in senior management access to systems that stored customer assets without security controls to prevent them from redirecting those assets, which means that any Alameda employee could redirect your asset. The storing of certain private keys to access hundreds of millions of dollars in crypto assets without effective control. So one, they could move balances around. B, they had control of private keys. C, the ability of Alameda, the crypto hedge fund with NFTX, to borrow funds held at FTX.com to be utilized for its own trading or investments without any effective limits. The commingling of assets, the lack of complete documentations for transactions involving nearly 500 investments made with FTX group fund assets the absence of any reliable audited financial statements, the lack of personnel in financial and risk management functions, the absence of independent, independent government boards. That is the type of shit that was going on at FTX. Questions have been raised as to why all the FTX group companies were involved in the chapter 11, particularly FTX US, because remember, SBF always said that FTX US is solvent, says chapter 11 protection was necessary to avoid a bank run, uh, a run on the bank at FTX US and to allow our team to identify and to protect its assets at the time of the filing. So you can expect to get to hear this a bit later from John Ray himself. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but we do know that SPF has now been arrested. He's probably going to be extradited to the United States. And if that wasn't bad enough, if you, don't, if you think that he was having a bad day until that point, later on in the day, the SEC charged SBF as well. They charged him with, I think, wire fraud and a whole lot of other violations. It says, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was, was orchestrating a massive year-long fraud diverting billions of dollars from the trading platform's customer funds for his own personal benefit to help grow his empire. And they allege that he's actually been running a fraud ever since May 2019. Bankman-Fried directed FTX to divert billions in customer assets to Alameda, to ensure that Alameda maintained its lending relationship and that money could continue to flow to lenders and other investors. Through the summer of 2022, he directed hundreds of millions more in FTX customers to Alameda, which he then used for an additional venture investments and loans to himself and other FTX executives. All the while, he continued to make misleading statements to FTX investors about FTX's financial conditions and risk management. Even in November 2022, faced with billions of dollars in customer withdrawal demands, that FTX could not fulfill, Bankman-Fried misled investors whom, needed, whom he needed money to plug a multi-million dollar hole. These are the charges from the SEC. So he's got the Department of Justice on him and he's got the SEC on him. He says, 
Bankman Fried remained the ultimate decision maker at Alameda. So even though he says he was not the decision maker at Alameda, the SEC say that he was the ultimate decision maker at Alameda, even after Ellison and Trabuco became co-CEOs in or around October 2021. Bankman Fried directed investment and operational decisions, frequently communicated with Alameda employees and had full access to Alameda's records and databases, even though he has been denying all of this. We now find out that that actually wasn't the case. The SEC continues, they say, most crucially, Bankman-Fried sued Alameda, sorry, most crucially, Bankman-Fried used Alameda to house FTX customer assets and to deploy these assets under Bankman-Fried's direction to help grow his empire. From the inception of, the, of FTX, Bankman-Fried diverted FTX funds to Alameda, and he continued to do so until FTX's collapse in November 2022. Bankman-Fried diverted FTX customer funds to Alameda in essentially two ways by directing FTX customers to deposit fiat currency into the bank account controlled by Alameda, which is what I got out of him when we did the first basis, and by enabling Alameda to draw down from a virtually limitless line of credit at FTX. What they're saying is that not only was he in charge of Alameda, but every time you deposited money on Alameda, he was using this money to build his own personal empire. But he was such a bad investor that he managed to blow up his money, which is actually your money. Okay, so next. Um, as a result, there was no meaningful distinction between FTX funds and Alameda's own funds. Bankman Fried thus gave Alameda carte blanche to use Alameda uh, or FTX customer money for its own trading operations, which is exactly what he admitted to me on these spaces. Um, someone says, check GBTC, 45% up. Is that true? I'll check for you. Let's, let's, no, let's, this, that would require a pause. And I think that I've got the news there as well. It's not 45% up, man. You guys interrupting such a <laughs> suspenseful, suspenseful show. In the quarterly balance sheets that Alameda provided to its third-party lenders, Alameda tracked the liability as a loan. They carry on. Um, oh, here, yeah, liquidation ex exemption. In there around May 2020, Bankman Fried directed Alameda be exempt from auto liquidations on the platform. As a result, Alameda's collateral could fall below the margin requisite. So Alameda could never get liquidated. In around May 2022, as the price of crypto assets were dropping as a result of Luna, several of the lenders demanded repayment from Alameda. Because Alameda did not have sufficient assets to fund all these obligations, Bankman Fried directed Alameda to draw on its line of credit from FTX, i.e. to use your money to pay all the loans that they lost as a result of the Luna collapse. Billions of dollars of FTX funds were diverted to Alameda and used by Alameda to pay its third-party loan obligations. Depositors' money. This is the sickest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never... Uh, this is crazy. FTX Terms of Service, which were publicly available on the website, assured customers that the assets... Um, you control your digital assets held in your account. Um, and of course, that didn't happen. Um Okay, let's just carry on going a bit further down. So there are a couple more important parts. Not only did Bankman Fried fail to tell investors that he had exempted Alameda from FTX's risk engine, but he also falsely told certain investors that FTX had no exposure to FTT at all. In late summer 2021, for example, Bankman Fried told a potential US investor in FTX Series B funding round that FTX did not hold FTT and consequently the investor would have no exposure to FTT. Which was, um, which was crazy. 
Sing and Wang also borrowed $554 million and $224 million from Alameda. So making loans using your money to, um, to, uh, to, employee, to other employees, including himself. So this is what the, what the SEC have got him for. It's pretty serious stuff. It's, it's really, really, really serious stuff. And what we now know is that the SEC have been working really hard in the background because the SEC don't charge you unless they know they're going to win the case. And now they've charged him and they've charged him. He's now charged with fraud. He's charged with uh, wire fraud. He's charged with wire fraud conspiracy. He's charged with securities fraud. He's charged with securities fraud and conspiracy and money laundering. Okay. That is where it is. Now, if you put all his charges together using the sen sentencing table guideline in months, according to the federal sentencing guidelines, if you account for all of today's developments, it looks like SBF is looking at... She says, I think, I think uh, facetiously, she says 612,000 years in prison. <laughs> so that's pretty much the FTX story. And I think it's very funny because yesterday I was on a spaces with him. And in that spaces, he was, he was playing League of Legends whilst doing the spaces. And people could hear that he was playing League of Legends in, in the background, um, which which is crazy. A lot of other crazy things happened there yesterday. I think it's worth listening to. I think it's worth listening to. Let me play you about two minutes of the crazy shit that happened yesterday. Let's just see how we can get this to play. And a little over $8 billion of liabilities. So there was already this massive gap way prior to anything, you know, anything that happened in November. How was that missed? So a few things. First of all, the, the numbers that I think you're citing there were my guesses that Alameda's aggregate um, balances, not Alameda's positions on FTX in particular. Listen um, to this. And so uh, I totally hear you with respect to the FTX calculations. Um, I think if I remember right what I put there, though, that, that, was, that was talking about Al Alameda's like global aggregate balance sheet as best as I, I could uh, predict. And that you know, much of that was with third-party borrow lending desks. Um, rather than with FTX, um, uh, at least at, at some periods. Um, the second thing is, how are you getting to the IMF factors? Because that would that would require just keep listening, exactly keep listening. Assets was right, and well, so do, that yep. Sam, the way that I did it, you know, yep. rough estimates, yep. back calculating based on the the asset sheet that was both shared with Forbes back in August. But also using the you know the assets from the total you know you shared yourself the assets that FTX had that were illiquid, correct? And their valuation the week right. prior to everything collapsing and yep, the week yep, after. Yep. So using some simple math, you can, you know, calculate oh, what those position saying. sizes were. And then from that, you know, extrapolate yep. what potential IMF factors were if they were used as collateral on the platform itself. Yes, but on top of those, there are also a lot of liquid assets. So I, I think that-, that, that $8 that billion might... dollars of liquid assets, which were withdrawn, correct? Uh, oh, no, but they're also sorry, that's the liquid liabilities. But on top of that, Alameda had a bunch of like dollars and bitcoins lying Can around, I like listen, many listen? billions of dollars of them. And so it's I, uh, uh, and sorry, this is not a super satisfying answer because there are no numbers on this because I don't have these numbers. Um, but I, uh, but the, but uh, you were aware that they had a bunch of Bitcoin and other cash liabilities as well. So how were you aware if you weren't aware of any well, other listen, balance listen. sheets or anything else that was going on at that time? So, part of this, there's, there's like, a, and by the way, I apologize. I have to hop off in like 
30 seconds, but um, they do so yeah, but, but when, the, when the going got tough, question, Sam, to yeah. what was being discussed earlier, had to off in 30 seconds, which was again, I was listening to this absolutely crazy. Then some more strange things happened through the night. Um, for one, he's just started to unfollow a whole lot of people, like he unfollowed Nick Carter, I didn't follow Ash. He, un- I mean, he just started to unfollow a whole lot of people, and I got a whole lot of alerts at night that SBF was unfollowing Luke Martin. I mean. It, he was he was just about to get arrested and he started to unfollow all these people like is that the only thing that you got to do with your life is unfollow all these people um he did say though on the spaces that they were using silvergate bank for their money flows so i think that would probably have hit silvergate bank still still trading at, at 22 bucks um oh and he said he didn't want to come to the us to testify in person because he was worried about the paparazzi that's why he didn't want to come i'd be more worried about bitboy arriving at your house um, uh, that, that, that's, that's the part I'd be mo- most worried about. Um, I think that's it for the SPF story. We will keep you updated. We are expecting some more arrests pretty soon. Um, there could be more arrests of FTX people very, very, very soon. It looks like now, um, people are being called to task. Uh, Ma- Maxine Waters was very, very, very upset that SPF wouldn't be, um, uh, testifying. In fact, I want to just quickly show you this where she wrote a message here. You should read it. She says, um, I'm surprised to hear that Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested in the Bahamas at the direction of the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York. It's about time uh, the process of, uh, of to bring Mr. Bankman-Fried to justice has begun. However, as the public knows, my staff and I have been working diligently for the past month to secure Mr. Bankman-Fried's testimony before our committee tomorrow morning. We've received confirmation this afternoon from Bankman-Fried and his lawyers that he, is, that he was still planning to appear before the committee tomorrow, but then he was arrested. Although Mr. Bankman-Fried must be held accountable, the American public deserves to hear from, from Mr. Bankman-Fried about his actions that have harmed over 1 million people and wiped out the hard-earned life savings of so many. The public has been waiting eagerly to get these answers under oath before Congress. And the timing of his arrest denies the public this opportunity. While I'm disappointed that we'll not be able to hear from Bankman Free tomorrow, we remain committed to getting to the bottom of what happened. And the committee looks forward to hearing the investigation, uh, to the investigation by hearing from John Ray. So she's upset. I'm not so upset. I think he should rather testify. Let's not testify in front of Congress people. Testify in a court in front of a bulldog prosecutor who's going to put him in jail for a long time. And I'll always remember that the last tweet that SBF liked as a free man was a tweet that I published. No matter what happens from this point on, no matter what happens between, uh, from this point on, we, we now know that SBF's last tweet as a free man was, or the last like tweet as a free man was something here. We just had a um, see a tweet from CZ, which is probably a good intro to the next section. He says, we've had some withdrawals today, 1.14 billion-ish. We have seen this before. Some days have net withdrawals. Some days have net deposits. Business as usual for us. I think it's actually a good idea to stress test withdrawals on the sex uh, at a rotating basis. It costs some network fees to run these tests, but keeps the industry healthy. Um, exchange business is simple. So, this is probably a good um, uh, jump 
to the next section of the show, which is the bank run on Binance, which we have spoken about. We spoke to you guys about yesterday. We told you that we think it's more a media attack than it is a bank run, but we got to now monitor what's happening with the bank run on Binance because there is there is definitely something going. So um, here we go. So let's talk about the bank run and what's happening. It's a bank run that's happening not only on Binance, but also on the BUSD coin. So people are now very, very nervous about Binance and they're very, very nervous about the BUSD coin, which is Binance's USD coin. Let's talk about both of them for a second. So first of all, you can see that their balance sheet was $63 billion. In other words, they had $63 billion of value in assets. And there were a certain number of BNB, um, uh, uh, sorry, BUSD tokens. This is the redemption of BUSD tokens. So if you look at the redemption of BUSD tokens, they've gone from about 22 billion uh, right now, according to Coin Market Cap, to 21.8. So about 400 million BNB um, have been redeemed. Um, so there is some kind of redemption. It does feel a little bit unusual. We're watching it on the seven day. You can see that you know over a while this is quite a big drop, but it's not the most significant most significant drop. We've had fudsters like Mike Alfred trying to copy my tweet. Remember, I did that tweet that said, get your funds out of FTX. This is financial advice. He said, remove your funds from Binance. Um, immediately, this is not a test or a joke. Trying to create FUD. Um, and so let's just quickly see what's actually happening. You had, you had Justin Sun withdrawing 100 million BUSD from Binance uh, early on today. You had another 300 million BUSD transferred from unknown wallet to Paxos Treasury for redemptions. So this is what's happening. Right now, if you look at the, because remember, you've got to block out the noise and look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. Right, There were $63 billion in Binance. Right now, in the Binance wallets, there is $61.64 billion in Binance. Okay, so yes, as CZ has said, $1.4, $1.5 billion has been, $1.14 billion has been withdrawn from Binance, but they still have 61.65 billion. Now, if you believe that Binance is insolvent, then you would need to wait until all the 61.64 billion dollars was withdrawn, and at some point they couldn't pay. I think we're a long, long, long way from any kind of bank run that is significant. The second thing is we haven't heard many people talk about loans that Binance is leveraged against. Now, that is what started the FTX collapse, remember? Is that when the Alameda balance sheet was leaked, people said, hold on a second, you're leveraging against your balance sheet. We haven't seen any of that yet. So is there a bank run going on? Well, yeah, kind of, maybe, probably not. You're talking about... It's, a, it's, yeah, it's like a bank, it's like not a bank run, it's like a slow bank walk, a very slow bank walk on Binance. It's not a bank run because no one's running anywhere. $22 billion market cap went down to 21.85. I mean, that's not even a drop in market cap. Um, the assets still remain on $61.640 billion. By the way, if you want to get this, you can get this portfolio on Nansen. You can watch it yourself. Um, this is a bank walk in the park. 
I've been watching Dune Analytics as well. I'm, I'm watching all this data for you. You can see right now that the outflows today, 3.6 billion, but there's been a $1.3 billion inflow. So nothing to worry about there on Binance. Um, but the FUD continues and it's the same people. It's Dylan Leclerc. It is Mike Alfred. It is Travis Kling. Remember Travis Kling first published that get your money out of Binance because I think he did that because he lost all his money on FTX. So now he's you know, trying to warn everybody. He says, this is super shady. Why did Binance actually stop withdrawals on the network? And they did. They did stop withdrawals on the network. But CZ replied to him and said, bro, what's the FUD? The maintenance was actually announced a week ago and everything is now resolved. So it's probably all FUD. He also did say though that on USDC, they have seen an, increased, uh, an increase in withdrawals. However, the channel to swap from Paxos BUSD to USDC requires going through a bank in New York uh, in US dollars. The banks are not open for, an, for another few hours. We expect the situation will be restored when the, banks, when the bank opens. These conversions are one-to-one -one conversions, no margin or leverage involved. We will also try to establish more fluid swap channels in future. In the meantime, feel free to withdraw any other stablecoin, BSD, USDT, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, there was a pause in withdrawals. The pause in withdrawals was something that they, they, um, they warned us about a week ago, and now it's happening. And this is actually true. So I verified it, but Trio of Alpha also verified it. And the reason why it's happening, remember Binance eliminated USDC from its platform and said, if, it's, if you put USDC on the platform, it's automatically converted to BUSD. So what he says here, that was also my guess. The fact that Binance, the fact, the fact Binance made USDC Paxos stables auto-convert into BUSD means if too many people withdraw USDC, they will eventually need to swap BUSD back to USDC. If USDC wallet dries up, that could take some time. Um, that's, that could take longer than comfortable. So that's exactly what's happening. Now the New York banks open. Now everything is fine. You've got nothing to worry about, or it feels like you've got nothing to worry about. I am watching all the withdrawals. I'm watching the ETH withdrawals. Uh, I'm watching the main wallet, which I showed you guys in a sec. Um, I'm watching spreadsheets of all their wallets, which we have thanks to Looks on Chain, where you can monitor live um, the balances on all their wallets. Um, we're watching all of this FUD. And I must say, having seen this all, I think that what we're seeing here is just a lot of FUD. And I think that the FUD, as CZ says, will stress test the system. I did actually speak to CZ earlier. I asked him if, we, if he wants me to host a spaces so he can dispel the FUD. And he said, look, I've got real work to do. Um, but the FUD just helps him keep on getting better and better. So again, I think that this Binance stuff is, is FUD. I think that Binance is solvent. I think... Um, I, as a result, I did tell everyone around me here to look at buying BNB. Um, yeah, I was kind of looking at it here at 255 and 260. Um, but I think this this is fine. And as someone says here, it'll blow over like the crypto.com um, FUD uh, just blew over. That's what I think is going to happen. So to me, this feels like peak FUD. And you know what I like to do in peak FUD? I like to ape. Just ape. Just Just buy like crazy. So I did do some buying earlier. I'll show you in a few minutes what I bought. Um, 
but otherwise, yeah, I'm not too, not too worried about it. Let's quickly just look at the markets again. So you got BNB 278. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. CZ is good. CZ is good. He, 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 he's good. Don't, don't worry. Dollar index 103.824. Bitcoin at 17873. So markets are cooling a little bit in time for tomorrow's next positive surprise, which is the 0.5 interest rate hike that we're going to get from, um, from Powell. Remember, you heard it here first because we said it a week ago. A week ago, I said next week, you're going to get two positive events. That's going to send the markets running. It's going to be amazing. And here we are a week later, and that's exactly what's happening. Um, let us look at some other things that are happening in the market. There are a whole lot of other things happening in the market. Um, remember I told you that I think it's probably worth buying Coinbase at $40. Coinbase now up at $43.80. So I think that's that's a good one. Um, that if you, I think this is a good, uh, probably a good time to be buying Coinbase. The other thing I that I think is really good is Bitcoin. And I want to show you my logic for why I think, just to give you guys perspective around Bitcoin. Um, I saw this tweet, which I think was very good. It said, five years ago, Bitcoin was trading at $17,415. No lightning network. Hash rate was 95% lower. No legal tender status anywhere in the world. No Bitcoin on Tesla balance sheet. No Michael Saylor, no PayPal, Robinhood, Cash App, so far, no Taproot. China was the biggest market. No ETFs, ETPs, ETNs. One third of the number of users, no Coinbase IPO, no futures market. Bitcoin Cash and Dr. Oops won the attack and no Bitcoin conference. So that was five years ago. Where five years later, you have the same price on Bitcoin. What you do today is up to you. But just remember that we did give you the information uh, and told you that this was the case. Um, let me see. There were some other things I wanted to show you. Um, so the SEC went, remember SEC, we're talking about the Grayscale GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which they're trying to convert into an ETF and um, Grayscale have sued the SEC. And the SEC asked the court to deny Grayscale's Bitcoin ETF. So now they, they, they deny, they're asking the court to deny uh, the ETF, which is like malicious. But let's see, maybe this, this will change. The other thing is, which is big news, not many people know it. We'll tell you quickly. You'll remember you heard it here first when you change your wife and you make wife-changing money. Um, so there is an Arweave Permaswap decentralized exchange, which is starting now. What does that mean? Why is it such big news? Because there's a lot of tokens on Arweave, but they're not integrated into exchanges and there's no DEX that you can trade them on. But now Arweave has a DEX that you can trade it on and the DEX is called Permaswap. And when that happens, you'll be able to chain, to trade between Arweave coins and coins built on the Arweave system. So don't wait until this happens to start trading. Rather get your positions in early. Take your seats early, ladies and gentlemen, uh, take take the front seats so that you can enjoy the show when the show happens. Not that you come in late and you get the bad seats and you don't make any money. We don't want that. Um, what else is there? There's so much happening today. But it, just look here. I like this tweet. Ukraine is like tornado cash for politicians. It's, it's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story. 
Um, couple of other things today. Um, what do we have here? We have, oh, we have a spaces. We have a spaces tonight or in about two hours, which we're going to talk about everything we've just spoken about and bring on guests and have a lot of fun. Then we have a spaces tomorrow night where we'll host the inflation numbers and the FOMC meeting. Um, that'll be tomorrow night. I think this is the World Cup semi-final happening now. Oh, that's tonight. Yes, tonight. Argentina and Croatia. I lost all my other bets. Why did I lose the bet? You guys, as my witnesses, I took the bet against Croatia. I mean, against um, Portugal. Portugal. I bet against Portugal. I put Morocco on, but then I offended Jose, and everybody started to shout at me. I fucking had it. I always stick to my gut. Now I've got Argentina and Croatia. I've, I'm, I've, I started this account with five hundred dollars on sports sports bet. Um, what, you, what are you on? Uh, two hundred and forty-eight dollars left. I've lost. I've lost two hundred and fifty dollars this World Cup. Okay, let's go. Uh, you know what I'm doing now? I'm going on Morocco. I'm going a hundred bucks on Morocco because I think Morocco are the stars. I've got a hundred bucks on Morocco. Done. Done and dusted. And I'm going on Argentina for the win. Yeah. So so we're gonna go Argentina and Morocco now, right? That's that's the the new bet. Okay, wait. Let's let's let's. Okay, we've hey we've already. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going Argentina for the win, and I'm going Morocco for the win. Hundred bucks each. Make no. Someone says go all in. I need to keep money for the finals. I need to keep money for the finals. The finals is happening on on Sunday. So um, if you want to take bets, sportsbet.io. They're one of our sponsors. Go to the link below. Open an account. Support us. Uh, and also you could win money and you can use your MetaMask here. Uh, what else is there? Uh, before we do the Bybit uh, box promotion, Christmas box promotion, I think we should all just watch this again because I think that this is the best video of all time. Please share this on your Instagrams. Make this go viral. Let's make Jimmy a celebrity in the straight community and the gay community. And you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> so you're sitting at your desk <laughs> naked. It's a private office right now. <laughs> <laughs> he says he forgot, his, he forgot his shorts today at home. Ah, why do we have to do this? Okay, so that's that. Now, let's just have some fun. Remember, I said to you, my idea in the bear market is to keep you guys interested. How am I trying to do this? For now, I'm getting naked shots of Jimmy. I am doing more work, more spaces, more YouTube videos to try and keep you guys interested in the bear market because that's when you're going to make the wife changing money. Some people, some girls are saying, oh, and some guys are saying, Jimmy's hot. You know, each person has the... Each person, each person has their own taste. You know, that's you know, that's why there's a there's every pot has a lid. Um, okay, let's look at the people. Um, let's look at the people that have. Uh, what's the day today? Today is the thirteenth of December. Let's see how many of you have deposited two hundred and fifty dollars in the Bible competition. I've got a feeling today we're going to give away the the five thousand, uh, the fifty thousand dollars. Do you want to guess which box um, they voted? 
Of course, it's box two. Obviously, it's box two. Obviously, right? Is it box two? And box two is the one that's going to win. Okay, so let's go to the random number generator. Google random number generator. Let's go between one and 5,600 because it's 5,600. We deposit the $250. The winner is 1404. Okay. So the winner is 1404. Remember, you can easily win this and you can win $50,000. Open a Bible account using our link, put in $250. And here's the account number 2643234. If you are that account number, if you are that account number, if you are that account number, you didn't win box number one. So you didn't win $250. You didn't win box number three. Remember, we still need those for this week. You didn't win. $750. But you did win. You did win. Look at this. Craig is famous. This is what you did win. I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm not playing this game anymore. You won $1,000. Rich. I want everyone to know that I want everyone to know that this game is rigged. That box number two is always the one that's chosen, and box number two always has the biggest prize. Okay. <laughs> they're all saying that they're all saying look at this. they're all saying that you look high. Always. Always. Occasionally. Occasionally. Percentage of, of the, the day. How, how, how often are you high? Percentage of the day. 99 to 1. I don't actually think I've ever seen him not high. I don't actually think I've ever seen him not high. Oh, that's not possible. Come on. I don't, I don't think I know you sober, bro. I don't think I know you sober. I don't, I don't know you sober, bro. All right. Um, lastly, before we go... Very, very, very important uh, announcement that I have to make. Um, so quickly, <laughs> leave Raymond alone, guys. Okay, so very, very important. Um, please, if you can, go to my Twitter and share this tweet. It's a very, very, very important tweet. Um, let's share it. Let's get everybody in the world to see this tweet. It's very, very important. So I'm going to leave you guys here. I'll see you guys again later on my spaces. Come to my spaces later. See you guys again later. Until then, trade well, my friends. a Pornhub advertisement and then play that like Disney. We should give away an eighth of weed in one of the boxes. We should send out an eighth of weed. We're still live, right? Yeah, we're still live.